Hello and welcome back to Exocast, the only podcast that takes you far beyond our solar system to explore distant extrasolar worlds. It's been a few months, but we're excited to be back on the airwaves, uh, and we're going to be discussing the Exo Cup, which has just come to a very exciting conclusion. Um, as always, I- I'm Andrew Rushby, and I'm joined in the booth by Hugh Osborne and Hannah Wakeford. So we thought to get things started, we'd start off with discussing what our predictions were uh, for the uh, Exo Cup and discuss a little bit about the group stages, what happened there, um, the news, the memes, the votes, the, the statistics, our personal stories, and, uh, and see where it takes us. I'm sure it'll take us to the fireworks at the end. But, uh, <laughs> Very exciting end. <laughs> Absolute chaos is where it's going to well, take us. Yeah. Um, and I don't think any of us predicted it very well, right? But I went for beta pick, I think. Having seen last year direct images doing well, I thought it was beta pick's year. Um, yeah, I really thought direct imaging would really come out of the gate swing of this one, but it was very quiet this year from the direct imaging community. I think I thought Proxima Sen would finally make it through because that's got a really good following online all year round. But I, all I know is that as with every single year, I got pretty much everything wrong. Yeah, <laughs> well, that seems to be the only we always um, do. the only constant is is getting stuff wrong. Uh, I think because of the the fanfare that was going with the with the Trappist like pre vote. Uh, I don't know if you recall. You know, obviously, we we wanted to choose a representative from the Trappist system, so we had like a, uh, a a Trappist vote before the actual competition started to get everyone involved. So I thought, you know, that's on everyone's mind. Trappist the Trappist system is very popular. Maybe maybe it's time for, for Trappist to, to take it this year. But Trappist only just scraped yeah. through that one. Yeah, it didn't only do well. just scraped in past the first group stages. I wonder if having the two poles as we did for that playoff, which was won, of course, by Trappist-1H, the outer and coldest planet in the Trappist system, we should say. Um, I wonder if that kind of, you know, that, that was a burnout for the Trappist fans and they'd already had an extra match and, and, and the rest of the... the, the I don't know, Hugh. That's not saying much for the, uh, <laughs> for the consistency of Trappist fan. They only come out for one vote and that's before the competition started. <laughs> but... I, I, yeah, I don't it's know. It's not great I feel showing, like, is what we're no, saying. No, it isn't, is it? I guess I would be. I one feel of like them. what can happen, and we, and we saw it a little bit in the later rounds, is that you'll get a planet with with astronomers really pushing pushing it and tweeting all the science about it for one t- one round, and then the next round you, it's very quiet, right? And mm-hmm. this is just because people have you know they've already done this. They don't want to do this four or five to more times for every time every new round it goes through. So often what you see is maybe planets that did really well in the in the group stages got through to the quarterfinals and didn't do as well um, because they you know they'd they they the, the supports had had been used up. I think that is genuine. Uh, you yeah, know, I think that we've seen that before. There's a there's a waning of of tweets associated and people don't retweet enough i think is one thing and that's what we were trying to do this year is retweet a little bit more and try and get involved and prompt those conversations but there's definitely definitely room for increasing the amount of engagement and science that we're sharing about these exoplanets at each of the stages i think that's probably what the successful planets ended up doing right they kind of passed out their 
their enthusiasm <laughs> across the competition. So, you know, new videos, and we can talk about those in a little while, but, you know, new stuff kept coming out uh, to keep everyone enthused and engaged throughout the competition. And if you if you look at the engagements and you look at the number of retweets and, and impressions that we made on our Twitter analytics over the last month since we started the competition, you can see the waveform of the first round and then the, the gap between where we stopped and then the waveform of the next round and the next one. And they get bigger and bigger each time. The number of engagements increases with every single successive round. So we, while we perhaps feel that each of the planets on their own aren't getting more and more repeats of information, we are getting a huge amount more engagement with each round where it gets more and more exciting towards that final. Well, how about we uh, we just go through the um, some of the highlights from the group stages and uh, and see where that takes us? Yeah. Okay. Let's. Uh, was there, was there any um, any big big planets that went out? I mean, the one that sticks out to me is, of course, last year's winner, HR eight seven nine nine, which failed to win a single. Well, I mean, obviously got some votes, but it failed to get through a single round this year, which surprised me endlessly. Endlessly. Yeah, it actually yeah, came I mean, last. I- Last it came last in its group, um, and that group H was Wasp 18, 51 Airy B, which is another directly imaged planet, and AU Mick. And HR8799 came completely dead last after wow. a really large hot Jupiter. And we know how people feel about the hot Jupiters. They're not really particularly uh, warm on them. Pardon the pun. <laughs> um, uh, thank you very much. And it didn't. It couldn't even make a dent in that. So I was really surprised by that too. I think that was I the biggest shock. People want change. You know, they think HR8799 has had its time in the sun. Let's go for 51 Airy. And if you were going to go for a directly imaged planet, maybe you would go for the one that hasn't won yet, right? Maybe there's an aspect there. No, I don't want to I don't want to have to bring suspicion and, and the like into, uh, into a scientific <laughs> podcast, but is there a curse involved here with our winners? <laughs> None of them do very well the year following yes, their course. victories. There might be a curse. There might you be know, a curse. Because... The third time it's happened, right? Yeah, so we'll explain this curse. I mean, there's, we have had three winners, well, four, four rounds, right? So um, three times that the winner has gone into the next Exo Cup and every single time it has lost in the, in the group stage, so Kepler 10 in the first round. Kepler 10 wasn't even in this, right? Because it didn't make it in as a top 24 planets and it didn't make it in as a world card. So we didn't even see Kepler 10 in in 2020. But in 2018, it lost having won in 2017. In 2019, Kelp 9B went out straight away having won in in 2018. And then this year we get um, HR8799. So every time it's so weird. Yeah. Interesting theories uh, being posited, I guess, is that maybe, as you say, people think like, okay, it's had its it's had its time, right? We've we've learned a lot about this planet. Maybe it's time for a new one, or you know that this is the timescale over which favoritism in planets last. It's only a year. <laughs> you don't get you don't get much time, and then and then people have moved on to the next one. Is this just how things are going to happen now? We just have so many planets and are in such a great position. We do. We have so many planets in the cup. We've got these 32 amazing worlds that not only are interesting worlds that year, but they've been mentioned multiple times in papers throughout the year. So there's huge amounts of information coming out about them and people are kind of referencing them all the time. And then we've got our wild cards, of course, and we'll talk a lot more about the wild cards uh, mm-hmm. as we go on with this chat. But I think it, it really does come down to that we've just... Every year there's something new and different and exciting to share and to kind of push up to being that champion. There's a new thing to champion every year. 
Yeah. Um, and if you're listening to this and wondering how we made our selections about which planets went in, um, check out our previous episode uh, in which we did the, the drawing and the, and the pool selection all, uh, all on air. So you can check that out there. We were lucky in some ways this year with organisation because I remember last year I think we had three ties, right? Three exact equal ties at the end of a round where we'd have to run a run a playoff for the one hour, and that only happened once in this did, uh, yeah. in this entire Exa Cup, and that was for second place between uh, Fifty Five Cancri E and HD One Eight Nine Seven Three Three B. I, I thought it happened twice. Oh, there was a first place tie. But it was in the in the group stages between Trappist One H and, and uh, LHS Eleven Forty, so that would be why. Okay. Oh yeah, that was a crazy round. We should talk about that, right? Because, <laughs> I mean, the planet that won that round between GJ Four Three Six B, Trappist One H, LHS Eleven Forty, and Kepler Four Sixty Nine, the planet that won got less than twenty seven percent of the vote, right? And wow. obviously twenty five percent is a quarter, right? Yeah. So you mean it was that's ridiculous. <laughs> very evenly distributed. Yeah. It was a close group. So the planet that went out got twenty six point one percent, so only point seven percent. That one was definitely the closest of all of the groups. But again, I think that group represented the closest kind of types of planets to each other. Yeah. yeah. I mean we did have another group which was all hot Jupiters, which kind of split things slightly differently. Um, but this one was planets that perhaps weren't necessarily as well known, but all very, very similar. And I think that that really split people. I mean, one of one of the shocks I would say <laughs> in the first round, I did not expect Ogle 1928B to get through against GJ1214 and Wasp121 and GJ347C. I thought, yeah, well, one, you know, one of those M-Dwarf transiting planets is clearly going to get all the support and go through. I mean, it was close. I mean, GJ1214 was our, our runner-up in our first ever Exo Cup exactly. in 2017, yeah. and, and that got 23.4% of the vote, and Ogle got 29.4% uh, of the vote. So it was a fairly close round for second place on that one. But yeah, it was support for this new planet, this new, exciting, different... Yeah, it started... To become exciting around about here, right? We realised that oh, there's some support behind this this planet. Something people going are, on people here. People are into it. Yeah, people are into this uh, this microlensing world. Maybe it'll go what far. What is happening? So, what happened in the next round? So, in the next round of eight that we have, uh, where we kind of shuffle up the order a little bit, we say the the winner of the poll in the group stages versus the runner up of a poll in another one of the group stages. So that is supposed to essentially offset the votes. You've got a winner versus a, a runner-up. What does that do? But we saw some kind of shockers and switcheroos on that one as well. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I can think of fifty-one peg versus PDS seventy B. That could have been a that could have been a final uh, in any other year, right? And that was our, um, our one of our round of sixteen playoffs uh, with PDS going through and uh, knocking out fifty-one peg pretty early, uh, which is yeah. So I mean, look, one of the things that stands out from the, the round of 16 is like all of the Hot Jupiters went out with the exception of Wasp 121. That was, that was a really close one between those two. Wasp 121 came through with 51.9% of the vote and uh, Trappist 1H was bumped out at 48.1% of the vote. Brexit was decided on less than that. Yeah, but... <laughs> first past the post right there. Don't remind I mean, me. it's crazy. It's so close between those two worlds. And that, as you say, Hugh, is the only Hot Jupiter that made it through to the quarterfinals. But in some ways, that focused its supports, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, um, did that actually end up helping it, right? I think it did. Distributing the vote. I think it vote. did. 
So Wasp uh, 121 then ended up going up against uh, 51 Airy B, which was our directly imaged world um, that we were surprised to beat out HR 8799 in the group stages, but managed to make it through all the way to the quarterfinals. Knocked out Pulsar Planet, um, which has that going for it. <laughs> you know, being a pulsar and the planet. pulsar planets ha- tend to have quite a lot of uh, support behind them. Yeah, and and this year, I mean, we'll, we'll see later on. But this year seemed like the pulsar planets year. It was the year of the weird planets getting weird yeah, results. I mean, very much know. so. <laughs> yeah, this could have been the pulsar planets year, but alas, um, fifty one Eri had other plans before it itself was knocked out by Wasp one twenty one. I mean, that that was a, again a very very close poll between uh, fifty one area and the pulsar planet. Again, we're seeing another fifty one point eight versus forty eight point two percent. This year, in those rounds of eights, we saw some real close battles that had all of us on the edge of our seats going, "Are we going to have to run an extra poll for this one?" I tell you, what wasn't a close battle, and I think that was AU Mick. AU Mick had some stonking victories in the first two rounds. I did. Um, did, and then it kind of fizzled out, which. Um, was a shame. Yeah, Aumic cleanly took out HD 209458B, the kind of pinnacle of the hot Jupiters. You can't get more useful than that. And Aumic <laughs> came in and was like, I am young, I am shiny, and I am coming through. <laughs> so it was, it really did four, four, five, kind of trample, trample that through, through those rounds. What else could it do? All the information it's given us. <laughs> Still, something new and shiny comes along and it just falls by the wayside. <laughs> but I think the first the first of our, our big kind of remaining battles that really had to fight through was introduced some excellent campaign videos to our round of eight. And that was Proxima Centauri B versus WD1856B. Oh, yeah. That's when we first started seeing some the campaigns ramping up. Yeah, the first quarter. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's where it, it entered into a new gear and a new benchmark for campaign videos were set <laughs> repeatedly, raised and then set and then raised. It was um, some really excellent work, and not just campaigning from astronomers. This was really the year of planets having their own Twitter yes. accounts, right? Which was not something I expected, but I think we saw at least four or five different planets with. Um, with Twitter accounts created, or indeed, in Proxima's case, existing since a while. Yes, and um, in Proxima's, fact, for Proxima. <laughs> yeah, Proxima's got multiple Twitter accounts, and I think one of them emerged in a previous Exo Cup, but nowhere near as strongly as it did this year. Um, oh, yeah. And I think that was spurred on very much by the uh, formation of the WD1856 account, which had uh, intermittent transmissions coming from the planet from its various astronomers supporting it. Yeah, that was it. brilliant. Um, and we really have uh, we really have to thank the the scientists involved that were just willing to talk about this world to everybody and explain why it's so interesting and what makes it great. It really was it was brilliant to see so many people coming out and putting their faces to it. Yeah, I want to I want to emphasize that, Hannah. I I, I mean I, I'm not sure when you'll be listening to this, but some of the most recent tweets that we retweeted was that kind of montage of folks saying, you know, why this planet was important to them, kind of on a personal level almost. And I think that that really helped um, to, to bring people around who might not be as familiar with the planet discovery process and like, how is this done? Does it actually mean something to the people who discover it? And I think it gave people that insight into the behind the scenes. 
there was the two ends of the scale in terms of campaign videos. There was the science end and there was the meme end. <laughs> and, and WD 1856 yep. really got both, you know. It did. It did really jump in on the memes. The memes were created in the quarterfinals, which it made it through to beating out the uh, wonderful Proxima, who uh, also helped spur on some people uh, during the later stages after they'd been knocked out. Yeah, that was good so, too, wasn't it? Staying involved. It was. It, it was very much planets. staying involved. <laughs> um, but in our quarterfinals, we had uh, we had some interesting ones and they were all really great. And that led to our semifinals of, of just absolute, absolute insanity. Um, <laughs> that's even before we get to the final. We're not even talking about the final yet, guys. Well, the that's going to take the whole episode itself. <laughs> uh, the semifinals, we had WD1856B versus WASP121B and PDS70B versus Ogle1928B or so, OB161928 without yeah, the Yeah, so we, we realised at this point, having, having disregarded really Ogle, right, we just kind of put it in as a wild card because yeah. we thought... Well, you got to put a microlensing planet in. It'll go out first round. It doesn't matter. And then we were like, oh, no. Well, first thing we realized is we'd shortened it wrong, right? Well, I just <laughs> so think we'd be... we shortened it four or five different ways. And it was yeah. good to just we had figure so out which way ways. was the right way. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, the planet itself was tweeting and gave us the, the correct shortening. But then we realized we'd, we'd had it, as with all of the planets, we'd put a B at the end of the, of the name. And this is a rogue planet that doesn't have a star. Exactly. So it doesn't have, it's not the B of a two component system. It is just Ogle BLG 2016 1928 B. Oh, B. I said B again. See, it's, you it's, said B again. It's just it. an instinct to put a B at the end. But yeah, so that we, we learned during this that the way that they shorten it, even though the, the full name is Ogle 2016 BLG 1928, they shorten it as OB. 16 1928 so even their shortenings a mix up of it so no wonder we weren't getting it right but now we know and we also have removed the b from it because that was that was just wrong it wasn't there's no b there's no star it can't yeah. be a b but so we learned a lot along the way about a starless planet drifting in the universe <laughs> not just a starless planet that's gone through a an apocalypse. Tiny little starless planet as well. This is a this is a very small world, a very small, cold, uh, couple of Earth mass world, floating out there, just tweeting, seeing what's going on, and <laughs> tweeting very <laughs> loudly. Prolifically. And it it really got a stonking victory in that semi final against PDS seventy B, which has got to the final, I think, in the last two times PDS seventy. Yeah, right. It really has. Yeah. Um, yes. Ever the. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hasn't it been our third place winner uh, several times? Or? Multiple times, yeah. It's been in the, the runner-up and it's been in the final as oh, well. Yes, right. yeah. and, uh, so PDS70 has a great history in the Exo Cup, but it was cleanly knocked out at 63% uh, by Ogle. So that that was... It wasn't, P- wasn't PDS's year, clearly. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. I don't and, know when uh, will we can... be now. Second place, second no. place, you know, fourth place. Oh, fourth place. Where do we place. go from here? Yeah, so, I mean, after our semi-finals, which has set up our third place runner-up, which was PDS-70B versus WASP-121B, which was beaten out by the White Dwarf Planet, and our final of the White Dwarf versus the Microlensed World. Uh, mm. In our 
third place runoff, it was actually incredibly close. It was a really, really close fight. In fact, it was so close, I tweeted the wrong thing first and then (laughs) very quickly deleted it, uh, rewrote the whole tweet uh, for the the victor, which was WASP121B. I was was going with history. I was going clearly, oh no, VDS70. It's done. It was literally (laughs) in the last seconds. Yeah, like five minutes before PDS... 70 was was 10 percent up and i was it, just i just assumed it won and i was like what how did how did was 20 to 121 win? it was in the last Late seconds search. and it if you calculate it it was exactly one vote oh my god goes to show folks that your votes do really matter in the exo cup one vote can swing it uh and in this case it did for wasp 121b well done wasp so wasp 121b is our third place bronze certificate i was thinking is that the best showing for a wasp planet that we've had I think it might I be. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. So well done to the uh, the Wasp survey. I know they're on Twitter and they, they get involved as well. So it's good to see them doing well. It's good for characterised planets as well, because characterising this this world, Wasp 121, has just got so much information we can get from it. It's a really, truly amazing ultra-hot Jupiter where we can learn about not just the way we're doing our observations, but all about the models that we're using to try and understand them. So it good show from, from WASP 121. Um, and I hope we see more WASP planets in the finals. Uh, but that's my bias, which is why <laughs> it never works, because that's what I want to happen. Of course, it won't happen. We'll end up with a final like we did. And it was insane. Well, I don't think any of us, well, certainly none of us predicted that. I don't know how many of our listeners would have thought that this would be the case, that we'd have, uh, you know, White Dwarf and a, and a micro-lensing object <laughs> as a, well, in our final. Two wildcards as well, I should say. None of well, the most most uh, popular planets in the literature made it into the f- final. That's interesting. I, I wonder if it's... Um, you know, the like the less you know about these planets, the more fascinating they are, <laughs> in a way. Like they have a, a an enigmatic nature. Like if we, we start studying them too much, then it takes away some of well, that mystery. That's certainly true of of, of um, OB sixteen nineteen twenty eight, where we literally know nothing. We know its mass within Maybe. some order of magnitude. Yeah, and that's it. We know that's it doesn't have, probably doesn't have a star. <laughs> it probably doesn't have a star, but that's still a probably. So we've been talking about the fact that we removed the B, but there's actually just a, an upper limit on yeah. where that star has to be for it to be an unbound planet. We don't know for certain, and actually, we'll never find out ever, ever, yeah, ridiculously, yeah. whether or not it is in fact an unbound planet and it is free floating. So there's so much. That is a mystery about this, and it really did run on its memes. It, it is yeah. fueled well, by. It, it also fueled itself on the Polish nation. <laughs> yes, we did. So. I'm, I think that I joked to you at some point, Hugh. Unfortunately, it probably became true that the entirety of Poland has voted now for <laughs> Ogle to Which get. Which is fair enough. I don't. I don't think I we, love we, it. we can judge I that. Absolutely at all. love it. Yeah, I mean, I was I was in uh, Google Translate copying and pasting Polish yep. tweets into there to make sure that we weren't retweeting anything, you know, that it, it, it makes sense to read what you're retweeting, let's put it that way. And they were all, <laughs> yeah. you know, very excitable, you know, posts to get behind this planet as a kind of national cause. Be- because, of course, Ogle is a, is a Polish-based server. Oh, yes, we, we should, should have, probably, probably should have mentioned that earlier. <laughs> right? like, <laughs> Not just, they just didn't, it wasn't just all of Poland just decided to go for this planet <laughs> just randomly, you know. 
yes. Polish <laughs> Ukraine survey. was behind the White Dwarf, um, and we still don't know why. I believe uh, at the University of Warsaw, if I'm not if I'm not incorrect, I know the University of Warsaw was getting involved uh, quite a lot. So thanks to them and all of their supporters yeah. for yeah, it was for absolutely involved. fantastic to see and. You know, in the end of this final, we had over 3,200 votes. And the finals we run for 48 hours, which is twice uh, as long (laughs) as I think most of us can handle stress-wise. But this final really came from almost the first 24 hours, I would say, was a complete standstill at 50-50. It really was a battle of these two planets. They were perfectly even uh, for a very long time. Trading blows, and trading then, memes. And so, yeah. I mean, I, I think I I saw the the lead change in that first 24 hours about three times. It started off, like, in the last first few votes going to White Dwarf, then it went to Ogle, then it went back to the White Dwarf, which I think kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit with the time zones, right? Oh, because, definitely. Because Europe was tending to go for Ogle, and America, you know, the home of TESS, the NASA mission, which found White Dwarf... Um, or WD eighteen fifty six that were going a bit towards the the WD side. So, yeah, it was really interesting to watch that first twenty twenty four hours. But as you say, like the the votes were coming in, maybe you know a couple here, you know, a couple of dozen per hour type thing. But and then, then suddenly <laughs> you were getting like five hundred votes in in twenty minutes because a big Twitter account yeah. or something happened where a big follower was was thrown into the mix who retweeted it. Well, saying vote Hannah for this planet corner. and it would Who? suddenly jump yeah so uh, the us. one of the people behind the Twitter account and uh, the videos for the White Dwarf Planet is Ryan McDonald uh, he's a big fan of the show and he was making amazing campaign videos for this planet throughout he has a lot of friends in the YouTube world and it also happened uh, that our final coincided with a potential SpaceX launch and one of these fans that that Ryan has worked with previously was live streaming to f- I, I believe I've been told by a couple of our tweets 50,000 people and mentioned the Exo Cup so absolutely great that they were breaking into the the main space media which is insane and we just saw this flood of people coming in, retweeting and voting. And because of the way that Twitter updates when you're doing polls, and it's it's actually, it doesn't update every single vote. It does things in chunks of time. So we didn't actually see these individual votes kind of building up. We just suddenly saw a flip of about 250 votes going towards this white dwarf. And it, everyone was just like, what is actually happening right now and it took a little bit of investigative reporting and digging through our tweets uh to find out what the cause was and it was this one person who has just a huge number of followers so it really swung very dramatically towards the the white dwarf um it went from about 51 to 48 percent and then it jumped by a couple of hundred and we ended up with uh 61 percent uh, and that that was a huge change, a huge change in what we'd seen from the fifty fifty kind of split that had been happening. Um, but just to stress, like a complete 
legit and and supported use of a platform to 100%, get people involved yeah. in ExoCup, right? Well, I, I didn't see Absolutely. the stream, so it's possible that the host also endorsed their favorite planet, which of course they're allowed yep. to do, which may have swayed Absolutely the vote Absolutely allowed somewhat. to do in, in every but, um, way whatsoever. I just think it's fantastic the juxtaposition between, hey, okay, let's watch this incredible piece of space hardware, which which later blew up, but um, let's watch this incredible <laughs> piece of space hardware go up into space. Oh, and also there's this uh, there's this Twitter poll going on at the same time to de- you know decide the galaxy's favorite exoplanet. It just seems that the juxtaposition of, you know, things being done to go to space and ExoCup happening at the same time. I loved it. It's great. It's absolutely fantastic. And yeah, all completely legitimate. And that's one of the things that we can say about this because we've seen in the past the influence of of potential bots. That's um, why we were worried. We were worried. We were worried each time we were seeing these. But everything we saw in this final, all of the insanity was completely legitimate along the way. And it was really fascinating to watch. So at that point, America, you know, Europe was essentially going to sleep. Um, and Europe, as we said before, was very much the, the ogle, the microlensing fan. So America really had the run of the show over, over that time until, you know, a few hours later when, when Europe was waking up again. And, uh, you know, the microlensing planet, it was building very steadily throughout the day, getting, bringing that percentage gap down and down and down until it was about 50-50 again. And it was very, very close. And then suddenly, again, we saw another flip. And yes. this time it was the microlensing planet, which jumped by 12% of the vote. I think it was about 300 votes, right? I, I, yeah, I still don't quite... I mean, there was a lot of big Polish accounts that retweeted it. That I think one of those led to, you know... If you have an account with 25,000 followers and 1% of them vote, then that, that can flip it. So yeah. I feel like that that's probably what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think uh, another legitimate kind of, it's been retweeted, people have seen it and, you know, people seeing polls on Twitter. I know a lot of people who, if they see a poll, they're voting on it, whether or not they understand yeah. <laughs> any of it whatsoever. So... Uh, or, or care about it uh, or the result. So I think, you know, just having that and that increased engagement and awareness and, and spreading of the word of all of, of what we're doing was enough to completely change that result again. And a little um, bit of controversy helped, right? People are a bit like, hey, you know, where where do all those votes come from? I'm going to drop a quick complaint here to the team, see what they think. You know, <laughs> that kind of helped to, to keep things well, ticking it, over and keep I mean, it, it was the ball was thrown back into the White Dwarf's camp to do something similar, right? And, well, they They, they, they tried. responded. They yeah. responded. And we're talking now, we're coming down to the last hours of the, the poll. Um, I mean, at this point, Andrew, like the rest of America, was asleep. And me and Hannah were exchanging messages like every two minutes, like, how did this happen? What's going on? You know, because we had jumped from like most finals in Exo Exo Cup, we get maybe a thousand votes tops. And here we were on 2000 already at this point. Right. And so it was we, <laughs> quite incredible. We were messaging like crazy, just trying to work out, OK, well, what about this? Or uh, What's happening now? And oh no, you can't go do that. And Yeah. So the poll, the poll came to a close at 8 a.m. Pacific time. Um, so obviously I, I woke up to, uh, I think, 156 messages on our Exocast group <laughs> chat, expecting the worst, obviously. Um, oh, you know, the bots have got in, we've, we've been hacked or, or something like that. Uh, and I, I think I asked, it because it was just... quite early, for just a quick summary <laughs> of the last 156 messages, please. Yep. Uh, I don't yeah. remember what that summary was, but I remember being relieved <laughs> by by reading it. So it, they were all legit. I think 
there was a little bit of concern with one of the accounts. Uh, it turned out that they are probably satirical, but without a good grasp of the Polish language, it's difficult to know if they were a satire account. Yeah, so one of the one of the accounts that was uh, tweeting out for the the Ogle planet, the microlensing planet, was a satir. It, it turns out it's a parody troll account, which is never a good mm. thing to put together. Um, but at the time of them retweeting the ExoCup, they were par- parodying a uh, right wing political party in Poland. So they were, you know, it's not great. Uh, if you go look at this Twitter feed now, it is no longer parodying that uh, right-wing party. Uh, it's trolling something else. Okay. Uh, apparently, they just constantly change what they're doing and troll different things. So we were trolled, everybody. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't know. I, as long as they were, they were, you know, making aware the Exo Cup and and people were reading the science. I think it doesn't matter who shares it in some ways. No, but means I'm to an end. I was just uh, at that point. I was just like, right, I'm I'm on the the white dwarf bandwagon now. Let's get this <laughs> thing through. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but the thing is, like, we'd already tweeted. Uh, I'd tweeted like four or five times the the poll. I was I was saturating my followers. I think so. I was I was sure that anything I could do would be limited. But there were still people for the white dwarf True. who were able to share. And who hadn't, you know, to, to reach pastures new. You know, all of Poland had voted already, but maybe there were some people in the US who hadn't. And it seemed like that was the case because uh, once again, it was um, Felix Schlang. So the, the same uh, same streamer who, who during the SpaceX launch the day before had, had mentioned ExoCup. Um, he once again kind of pushed for, for the White Dwarf Planet. And once again, we saw this tide of votes coming in for it. And I remember it was an 11% gap at some point you know the the lead of the ogle planet was 11 percent. i have and the then... post-it note right here where i was writing down the percentages and how many votes that meant yeah. so many times scribbled out yeah i remember with with a half an hour to go that was down to five and a half percent i think and i was thinking could it do it could white dwarf 1856 do it and then with like 20 minutes to go it was six percent in the lead you know it was it, it really swung and kept going um, to a point where there was no catching it. And uh, I think, so what was the final vote tally? You have it yeah. there. So the, the final vote tally we got was 3,185 votes and 59.8% of that ended up going towards the White Dwarf. So it was a really fantastic show from both planets, but it was those last 20 minutes where Twitter was just going crazy. And it was just not clear what was going to happen or why it might happen. Mm-hmm. Um, because we, at the time, we were kind of going backwards and forwards trying to work out what had happened in the first place. <laughs> so <laughs> it could have been the situation where something crazy could have happened at the end. We were like, how and why? And we would be analysing it for days. Um, but yeah, the, the final vote came in and it was a solid victory uh, yeah, for a, the White A 19.6% margin, which... I did not expect to happen, given it, it was 11% down about an hour and a half before right. the end. Absolutely insane. Well, Congrats um, to 1856. On a yeah. yeah, I point. mean... So I guess, uh, w- what about the length of the poll? 48 hours, right? That was a, a good amount of time. We mentioned that uh, the time pulses, how important it is to, you know, well, we've only really talked about Europe and America being a little bit, I guess, biased towards those regions with our listening audience. But, you know, gave is 48 hours enough time? Should we have left it longer? Clearly that last hour made a huge difference. 
No, I don't think I don't we could stress. leave it longer. I don't I mean for our own mental health. <laughs> I mean for the vote. <laughs> no, but I think the 48 probably. hours is really good because, again, it encompasses all of the time zones twice. Yes. So we can engage with those audiences. And if we don't feel like we've captured them in the first part of the the competition, we can capture them towards the end of it. And I think we saw that ebb and flow really beautifully yeah. in this. And I think it battled each other. I think the only concern might be that we might need to push it a bit earlier in the day so that we can allow the that last hour to be as big an overlap between our main audiences as possible. Okay, so some some Twitter Twitter logistics to figure out, but I, yeah, I'd agree that it's the, so the difficult hours to work is, out. Is, is a is a good amount of time. It's a it's a good pulse. I don't uh, think us or any of our wonderful volunteers could handle the stress anymore. I was just about to segue into that because it wasn't just us uh, who were who were dealing with the stress. Normally, well, for the last three years, it has just been the three of us. Uh, you know, uh, last year we had some help translating our cards, but for actually operating operating the polls, it's it's been on us for the last three years. So we had some fantastic volunteers uh, this year uh, who helped us to run run the polls, and we should really thank them again. So so thanks again, you know, so much to Jesse Christensen, Julius Seidel, Graham Lee, and Zafara Rostampkinov. Um, who, who, yeah, as as Andrew said, helped us out on I think about four or five polls each, and, and gave us a bit of a break rather than running them every day. Um, yeah, so they that were was so tr- useful. Honest, we would not have been able to do this Exo Cup this year without them because we've each each of us have been insanely busy with many different things, and they just they saved us in in so many ways. So a massive thank you to the, those guys. It was fantastic. We will be changing all the co- passwords, though. So this is it. This is this is the end uh, <laughs> for this year of your access to Exocast. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, guys, you, you better get everything you can from our Google Drive while, yeah. whilst whilst you have access. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's not the only thing that we'll be changing for 2021. I think uh, this is a good opportunity to announce that we are planning to be back in action. So apologies for. Um, what has been an extended break and I'm sure you know everyone's 2020 has been a bit messed up and, and Exocasts uh, is, has been included in that but in 2021 we, we hope to resume in, in maybe slightly uh, not quite normal service but we're going to try and do uh, a couple of episodes every month um, either have a special guest on or have a discussion between us about a topic or an open question in, in the field of exoplanets uh, and every month chat about a few interesting papers that have come out in the last month so uh, we're, we're trying to maybe take down our workload that's basically <laughs> because having three episodes a month which was our plan at the start of 2020 was was not particularly um, possible <laughs> remember we, we did that to try and reduce our workload as well for some reason that oh, why did we it didn't work out yeah why did we do that okay <laughs> I didn't work well, out. Well, also to reduce podcast length. Yes, so we were. That's, that was the one. <laughs> and then they all got longer and longer and longer, and each and episode is... was longer and longer and longer. And this was only supposed to be a 20-minute discussion, and now it's been an hour. Well, oh, my God. There it is. Uh, well, I, would, I did want to just re- remind folks that the the, the road to ExoCup 2021 has already begun, right? You know, if you, if you want your planets to be... Uh, to be in next year's competition, get publishing, get them up on the ADS that Hugh's, Hugh's script can configure them out um, and, and count them uh, when we're figuring out our planets, uh, most popular planets in the literature for next time. Or, you know, really 
start supporting them as a wild card and and tell as many people as you can about how weird and wonderful your chosen planet is so that it can get into the wildcard group for, for next year. You can also boost your wildcard slot by heading to our Buy Me a Coffee page, which you can find linked on our Twitter and on our website. And on our Buy Me a Coffee, you can propose a planet for the ExoCup wildcard slot by donating just $10. So with your donation of $10, you can suggest a wildcard for next year's cup. Uh, we will be selecting 50 of those donations and then we will pick out the wildcard slots from those so uh, please head to our page if you want to really really put one of those planets on the map for the exo cup next year yeah sounds like a good deal to me and if you feel like just contributing a little bit to help us cover web costs you can just buy us a coffee so you know send us a few dollars as well which is much appreciated yes Uh, yeah we we um we don't have any other source of income to support us for for exocast anyway uh, so we do do this on the on our own time with uh with our own expenses so we we would really appreciate a little a little help if you can support us um and we hope to have can. some merch a merch store up there soon as well so yeah hopefully some stickers and yeah some i need my exocast makes... mug i need more stickers and uh i need to get a t-shirt in there as well so yeah. please stay tuned for some more exocast stuff coming your way in 2021 Okay, well, I mean, I think that's all we, we were going to cover on this on this quick ExoCup 2020 episode. Um, but we will be back, as I said earlier, for normal exoplanetary service in 2021, where we'll be covering, you know, new topics and speaking to new guests. Uh, but until then, you can you can go back through all our old episodes on exocast.org and on all of your favourite podcasting apps. Um, and of course, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. And donate if you like at buymeacoffee.com slash exocast. Um, but for now, I think that's g- goodbye from us. So goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. Exocast. This podcast was brought to you by the Exocast team. Hannah Wakeford, a lecturer in astrophysics at the University of Bristol in the UK. Hugh Osborne, the Tess Chaos Fellow at MIT and the University of Bern and Andrew Rushby, a postdoctoral fellow in astronomy at the University of California, Irvine. Music was courtesy of Poddington Bear. Exocast. I have exoplanets.